0: Who said wow? Wow, huh? Wow. Yeah. Nice. Thank you all so much. So, when we started this month, we started this journey through the seven statements that are recorded as the statements that Jesus made on his way through the crucifixion process or experience. And, what we've been doing with those statements is going through the metaphysical uh, interpretation of them. So you have an opportunity here today to hold in your heart what is true for you. And I always like to say this because we're a community with people from many different faiths and many different walks of life and many different ways of looking at things. So for some of us, The stories of the Bible are considered absolutely accurate and true and literal. And for some of us, they're considered allegorical and metaphysical. And that's what Charles and Myrtle Fillmore taught. However, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore also taught that we are to seek our own truth. And our truth is different from one person to the next. Even if you happen to be sitting right next to somebody you know really well, your truth may be different than their truth. So when we come together like this, we come together to consider possibilities and to really pay attention to how we feel with the information that we receive. And today we talked a little bit earlier about really being in your body, being embodied, because this body is a perfect barometer for something, isn't it? It tells us whether something feels right for us or not. So when you allow your consciousness to come all the way down to your feet and you allow yourself to drop in and really be in your physical form, you're going to be very clear about how something feels for you. Whether it feels right, whether it's not yours, where you are in this. So I ask you as we go through this to be in your body, to let yourself be fully present right now, right here, As we go through this, because this is the most enduring story in the Bible. It's also the most difficult to hear because we have a lot of judgment, a lot of ideas about who did this, how did this, how how this was done, why it was done, how our humanness could express in such a violent and harsh way. And that makes us want to get out of our body instead of into our body because being human doesn't sound so good as we're going through this story. We're going to look at it through different eyes. So I invite you to stay in your body. And if you haven't been here all these weeks and you've missed some of the upfront statements, all of these lessons are online at our website. You can go back and listen to them over the last several weeks. But I'm going to give you kind of a Reader's Digest synopsis of what we've done so that we're starting out on the same ground. So we started out with the statement, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. And we talked about that from the perspective of forgiveness. And we explored the concept that if you are expressing as divine love, if you truly are divine love, then forgiveness becomes a moot point, doesn't it? Because in the deepest, most holy love, when we say to ourselves, that which we consider as holy is love, is the perfection of love, if you are perfectly loved by someone, then the state of forgiveness is who you are. Yes? Then as the state of perfected love, forgiveness is who you are. There is nothing but love. All that you've ever been, all that you will ever be is loved perfectly as you are. So we agreed that we would be forgiveness. That step one on this journey is to be perfect love expressing completely as perfect love and that would allow us to be forgiveness rather than to forgive or be forgiving that in our state of perfect love we would be forgiveness the next statement came to us when jesus was hanging on the cross between two thieves and the statement is today i will see you in paradise Today you will join me in paradise. Today you will join me in paradise. Not tomorrow, not yesterday. Today you will join me in paradise. And we talked about Charles Fillmore's understanding that the thieves on either side are the past and the future. And if the past and the future are thieves, what are they stealing from us? Now, the present We talked about how much we live in that place of what happened yesterday and what's going to happen tomorrow and where my mind needs to be, over there or over here, and what that keeps me from doing is being right here, fully embodied, yes? Stops me from being in this form, truly plugged into what's happening, truly at the core of myself, able to know what is mine and what is not mine to move forward in. Last week, Reverend Rogers spoke and he used the statement, woman, behold your son, behold your mother. And explain to you that this isn't just about that mother and that son, but that we are interconnected with one another. That we are all mothers and sons and daughters and, and connected to one another in a way that is completely inseparable. We can never not be one with each other, because we emerge from the very fabric of the divine. That's, that's the stuff we're made of. And if there's only one divine and we emerge from the fabric of that divine, then we are all emerging from the same one, all connected to the same one, and thereby all one in the same. So now what we know is we will be perfect love and forgiveness. We will stay in the present And we will recognize our interconnectedness with all things. These are the steps toward what? What was Jesus going for? Resurrection. Resurrection, Or a word that we would use here is transformation. So on the steps to transformation now, we are standing in the love we are, we are being fully present, and we are in our full presence being connected with everything. The next statement is this. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? How many of you, by show of hands, have ever felt deserted by God? Ever felt like, am I wrong? Is there really something out there? Who am I talking to anyway? And if there's a God, how could this horrible thing have happened? And if there's a God, how come something didn't save me? How come this didn't get fixed? This loving, holy, divine being out there, how come it's not different? I would venture to say there are very few people in this room who have not had that experience at one point or another, maybe several times. Some of us call it the dark night of the soul, don't we? This happens to us, that, that too much happens. Too, the incidents that happen in our lives are too big, and we feel forsaken. I want you to think about what was happening. At this point, the estimation is that Jesus had been on the cross for six hours. Six hours. And we know all the story. We know all the difficult and gory details. There for six hours, do you think he was in his body? I think when you have that kind of pain, you... you, become in your body, and then I almost transcend your body. How many of you have ever had a tattoo? <laughs> okay, all of you who have know what I'm talking about. I don't have any, but my kids do. And this is the story they tell me, that when you get a tattoo, that eventually the pain kind of gives you that adrenaline rush, and you're in, a, you're in an altered state. At that moment, I believe that there is a grace in the universe, and that we hit kind of an altered state when pain is like that that it's different than the state that we would normally be in. And so the statement my god my god why have you forsaken me to me sounds like being in the physical body. This is so hard right now. You know, as I look around the room and I notice how many hands went up when I asked you if you had ever felt that, I have to say to you you must have found a way out because you wouldn't be here today if you hadn't, right? Somehow you got beyond that sense of being forsaken to something different. Something happened for you that moved you into action. Perhaps you decided. Perhaps in your mind you said, okay, enough of this, time to get moving. Perhaps a friend or a beloved came to you and said, you know, you're not alone. You're not alone, and in their eyes you saw the holy, and through the eyes of the holy you were reminded that there is something bigger in life. Somehow you moved forward. So this story all by itself, just as it is, has value. What we can learn from it is we're all very human. The wayshower was human as well. And somehow moved beyond that. But there's another piece of this story that's really interesting. And I'm going to ask Michael to put a slide on the screen for you. It's very small, so I'll read it to you. I'm going to tell you that for over, well, for thousands of years, academics have disagreed about this statement. That this is a statement in Aramaic that was made by Jesus. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. Eli, Eli, Lama Now we get, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? From the Greek translation. And Greek was translated into our English Bible. But if we go back into Aramaic, the statement changes. And interestingly, it's not just the statement. It, it has to do not just with the language, but also with where Jesus was from. So Jesus was from the north and spoke northern Aramaic not Southern Aramaic. And if you've ever been to Texas, you'll understand why that's important to know. (laughs) (laughs) He spoke Northern Aramaic. And today, today, there are tribes that speak that old Galilean language. And so linguists have gone back to those tribes to follow these words and find out if they're correct because there's a big debate over it. So if you look at this through the Old Galilean um, example, in the Old Galilean or the Old Aramaic, the Northern Aramaic, Lema Sabaxani means this is why I have been kept or this is my destiny. And that's how it's used in that tribal language. This is my destiny. This is why I'm here. This is my purpose. The, the word Eli, Eli, which in the, in the south... In the southern language, always means God. Gets used for many different words in the northern language. It also gets, word for, gets used for the word heart. My heart, my heart. And when the words are spoken twice, they're spoken out of emphasis. When we say dang, dang, we mean it, don't we? Mean means something. There are a lot of colorful words we could put in there that would be even more. Tell you even more. So scholars look at this and they say, but what if it's different? What if there was a mistranslation? What if what he actually said was, listen to my heart. This is my destiny. This is my purpose. This is why I'm here. Listen to my heart. Was he speaking to God? No. He was speaking to the people that were there with him. Listen to my heart. Imagine if you were there and all the people who loved you were in front of you struggling in tears and hurting to watch you hurt. You would want them to understand, listen to my heart. This is my destiny, this is my purpose. This is why I'm here. I'm here to transform. I'm this is what I'm here to do. That changes things a little, doesn't it? It changes things a little. Because what if the next step is not, wow, look how human I am, and I'm all alone. What if the next step is to realize I came here to transform. I am here for this purpose. Not for meeting the perfect mate, not for getting the perfect job, not for making enough money to have the perfect house not for becoming politically influential. I am here to transform from this form to my divine Christ consciousness. I am here to make this transformation. That's a very powerfully different thing. Worthy of our consideration. And what's interesting to me is I tend to be one of those people who believes the whole universe is working for us. So I tend to look at this and think, well, if the scholars can't decide, what if both of these are true? Oh, what if we are supposed to get into our physical form, our physical body, allow ourselves to know that some days we feel really alone and forsaken and forgotten about, and then Remember that this is what we came for, that we came so that when we feel like this, we would transform into something else, that whatever it is that's making us feel that that way is the catalyst to move us through the most difficult times in our lives so we can become who we really are, which is the divine expression enacted in the world. This is when we need it, right now, when our world is so uncomfortable, and we feel like we've been forsaken by everything. Nothing's going quite the way we want it in our world, is it? This is when we need to remember why we came, that we came here to transform this, to transform us so we can transform this. So now we go back through the steps and our steps are be love and forgiveness expressing. Be fully present in this moment. Remember that you're connected to all things through the field of the divine from which you emerge. And even though you feel sometimes that you are alone and human and forgotten, move through that towards transformation become who you really are this is why you're here this is what matters does this sound like something that might make the story last for 2000 years yeah we're going to keep doing this we have three more statements we're not even there yet this is just a piece of it we have three more statements to move through this is a powerful and important journey And when we avoid this story, which we do because it shows us, when we look at it through literal eyes, it shows us a face of humanity that we don't want to see. When we look at this story through the eyes of transformation, through the eyes of guidance, through the eyes of our own journey in our human experience here, it becomes incredibly powerful. I have some quotes for you for today. Matt Shona Diwayo said this taking a step in the dark is braver than taking a leap in the light. Eric Mikhail Leventhal said, Every no is a yes to something. Kilroy J. Oldster wrote a book called The Dead Toad Scrolls. (laughs) And in it, he said, Enlightenment, whether defined as spiritual awakening, liberation, or other forms of illumination and attentiveness, requires inner transformation, brokered by study of our limitations, and application of a welcoming spirit of conscious appreciation. Self-knowledge commences by looking for the sacred light of awareness, essential to spawn profound change in a person's character. And C.S. Lewis said this, It may be hard for an egg to turn into a bird. It would be a jolly sight harder for it to learn to fly while remaining an egg. Be hatched or go bad. One, two, three, four.